In late 2023, New York Attorney General Letitia James filed a lawsuit in Erie County against Pepsi, accusing the company of causing public harm from the plastic pollution along the Buffalo River and charging them with failing to warn customers about the adverse health and environmental impacts of its packaging. The AG's office is seeking unspecified damages and calling on the company to address the plastic contamination in the region. The novel legal challenge comes on the heels of California investigating companies for their plastic pollution and a nonprofit suing Coca-Cola for allegedly deceptive marketing of its so-called sustainability efforts. For more on the lawsuit in New York, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Jill Jedlicka, Executive Director of the Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper. Welcome to the show, Jill. Thanks for having me, David. So the area in question here is the Buffalo River. Can you describe the extent of the plastic pollution problem there? Sure. Yeah, the, the area of the Buffalo River itself is only about seven miles long, but the watershed of the Buffalo River is about 440 square miles. And this river is actually the, the origins of our organization. This year, we're um, celebrating 35 years as an organization, and we were founded as Friends of the Buffalo River. So we, we know this river inside and out and what it's been through going from a dead river in the 1960s to a remarkable recovery through all the remediation that's happened and that we've been involved with for many decades now. So one of the core principles to Waterkeeper and some of our work is our grassroots engagement and our volunteer engagement. And one of the origins is to do citizen cleanups, right? Every year we want to steward these waterways. We want to be taking care of them and be eyes on the water all the time. And as part of those duties and responsibilities, we do annual cleanups. And as part of those cleanups, we document the litter and the debris and the ongoing impairments to these waterways. And as we've done over the years, and as we continue to see, the plastic pollution problem continues to grow, not only in the Buffalo River, but all of the waterways in Western New York that we that we steward and that we manage. And what is the consequence of this pollution? What are the downsides of plastic pollution aside from being an eyesore? Sure. I mean, obviously, there's the, the public nuisance aspect of it. It's nobody wants to go down to their local waterway and have it have the shorelines littered with plastic and debris and wrappers. It's not good aesthetically. But also, there are environmental impacts. Um, these plastics don't go away. They take thousands of years, literally, to break down. So whether they're breaking down in situ in the in the Buffalo River itself, or if they find their way out into Lake Erie, which is where we draw our drinking water from, as well as the Niagara River. Plastic pollution doesn't go away. It just transfers to another form. They can also break down into microplastics, which can be ingested by local wildlife, and even down to the nanoplastic level, to the microscopic level. As we've seen in many studies, plastics are found in even human blood. So it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And we're just starting to really grasp and identify um, where these sources are coming from. Yeah. From your years at this site, I was curious, how does plastic pollution in the area happen? Is it simply a case of people not disposing of single-use plastics properly, whether that's getting them into a garbage can or recycling can? I mean, it's really hard to, to say confidently what are the routes of pollution to end up from, you know, consumer product that's purchased, used for a few minutes and then disposed of. It's a combination. We can only assert that there's a combination of factors. It's, you know, the, the consumers themselves are disposing of these improperly or if they are disposing them properly, then somewhere along the waste management chain, things get spilled. They get knocked over. They get caught in our sewer systems. They end up on our streets and, and locales. So, it's really hard to put just like various forms of non-point source pollution. It's very hard to put your finger on and, and say, 
this person, this system, this route is the, the major cause. So the lawsuit brought by the attorney general's office, which I should mention surveyed uh, around 2000 pieces of trash along the Buffalo River and found that Pepsi products, whether it's wrappers, bottles, bags, uh, were the largest single contributor, I think accounting for about 17% of identifiable trash. Their lawsuit is rooted in part because of uh, some of the state's deceptive practices laws, as well as uh, some laws dealing with the attorney general's ability to sue companies that engage in fraud. And they're arguing that the, the company essentially, one, misrepresents its efforts to cut down on plastic consumption. What's your sense of the business's responsibility in this vein? Should the company be held responsible or do we as consumers need to examine how we're using these products? Well, I think the answer is all of the above on that. We certainly can't comment on the ongoing investigation by the attorney general and the specifics in the legal arguments there that they're using the novel legal arguments. But from our position as a nonprofit organization who experiences the impacts of this ongoing pollution, we know and we've seen through generations that voluntary efforts of producers to reduce or eliminate plastic pollution really is not working. It never has. Um, A lot of companies will proclaim that they're reducing and minimize packaging. Uh, They'll portray to try to have a less impact, but those improvements are really not happening at a scale that we're seeing improvements in the environment. In fact, we're seeing increasing amounts of plastic pollution, and it's not just from PepsiCo. You know, it's it's a variety of other companies. It's just that this lawsuit happened to be filed because that's where the data and the results of the findings directed the actions of the attorney general to could finally really quantify and look at the volumes of plastic that are, are accumulating in our environment. Oh, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners uh, just joining us. This is the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with Jill Jedlicka, Executive Director of the Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper. So the AG's office wants Pepsi to stop selling single-use plastic products like a bottle of soda or a bag of chips in the Buffalo area uh, where the packaging doesn't contain an adequate warning label. What would you like to see consumers warned of? We have observed in in other products in the past, whether it's, you know, chemical constituents in certain products, that when consumers are educated and made aware of the potential negative impacts of their buying power and their choices, that they will make informed choices of whether or not they spend their funds on buying that product um, because of their own ethics, their morals, their, their own purchasing power. And, you know, many of these companies do not like to put warning labels on their products because they fear that will affect the, their bottom line and, and the sales. So the more people are informed, the more we can change behaviors. We can't legislate behavior, but we can certainly educate and make people aware to inf- make better informed choices. Well, speaking of uh, legislating, there's a campaign here at the Capitol championed by Democratic lawmakers to introduce so-called extended producer responsibility measures that would uh, put manufacturers like Pepsi on the hook for the packaging that their products come in. Is that something that you think should be tackled more broadly than just, say, a lawsuit against Pepsi? 
Oh, absolutely. We we are definitely in support of the negotiations, the discussions, the you know trying to advance an EPR bill that is acceptable and implementable and and impactful. We've seen that companies that produce plastic pollution should not be relying on local governments or community volunteers or nonprofit organizations like ours as the basis of their waste management strategy for all of eternity. You know, we, we need we need these companies to kind of step up their level of responsibility of the products that they're producing and pushing out onto the market. And as part of that, does there need to be a broader education campaign for the public to ensure that when they do purchase things, they're ending up in, say, a recycling stream? Sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, citizens and and individuals who buy these products don't get a free pass either, right? As a society and as individuals, we all need to do better. You know, we need to do better as individuals. We need our companies that are producing these products to be better. You know, as we see this, this lawsuit and this tactic is not a standalone solution to the plastic pollution crisis, but it certainly can kind of set a tone and, and start to put us in the right direction for managing our waste streams way better. In addition to the avenues of law that I mentioned earlier that the Attorney General's lawsuit are rooted in, they're also making reference to the recent addition to the state's constitution, which guarantees New Yorkers a right to clean air, clean water, and a healthful environment. And I'm curious whether that green language that was added to the state constitution recently is something that your organization is exploring in terms of other avenues of keeping the waterways that you care about safe and usable by the public. That amendment certainly was something that we supported um, as an organization as to have provide another tool in the toolbox to advance environmental protections in our state and particularly in the Great Lakes region here in Western New York. It'll be interesting how that argument is used in court, if it is used in court. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But we need all the help we can get in terms of our legal, scientific and policy tools at our disposal to make sure that we're not backtracking on environmental progress that you know we have achieved over the last several decades. As the attorney general's lawsuit makes its way through the courts and lawmakers here in Albany debate extended producer responsibility measures. Is there anything else that you think can be done in the interim to address plastic pollution? Well, I think that just the to have public discussion like this um, and public dialogue about it to begin to educate um, the electorate to educate people who are, are making these choices every day to start, you know, making better choices about what they buy and encourage producers to willingly and proactively start to look at alternative packaging, looking at um, increasing their efforts for recycling or minimizing um, the amount of materials that are in, and single use materials that are used to sell their products. Um, so there certainly is actions that we would encourage to happen now and not just let this play out in the courts. Are there things that we as consumers can do in the interim that make sense to you? Or are we kind of at the whims of what is available to us on the market? I don't want to say that it's individual action is meaningless because it's not. You know, we've seen it over and over again that sometimes the singular voices and the smaller actions can start to build and, and inspire and, and encourage others to make those changes. So whether it could even be at a local government le level where local governments do better with their recycling programs. Uh, you know, we know that the recycling rates are are really poor in New York State and in particular areas. And we know that there's market drivers behind that, but there's other systems level actions that could be taken as long as this issue and this problem is still front of mind. In today's day and age, it's, it's really hard to keep attention and the spotlight on things like 
this, but we, we do the best that we can to encourage ongoing action and, and constantly improving our systems. Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there. We've been speaking with Jill Jedlicka, Executive Director of the Buffalo Niagara Waterkeeper. Thanks so much for making the time, Jill. Thank you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capital Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information.